Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Ben. And we are the, the Hindsight, Hindsight Hikers. Hikers. This is a podcast where we talk about our trips and travels, the highs and lows, and everything in between. We also talk about our coulda, shoulda, woulda moments in hopes to help you hike with hindsight in mind. Well, Ben, I'm super excited about the episode that we have today. Yeah, we got something real special. We are going to be talking about the world-renowned Half Dome Hike at Yosemite National Park. With some guests. Yes, the most guests we've ever had on a podcast and the most repeated guests that we've ever had on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, so my parents, um, my brothers Eli and Kobe and my littlest sibling Mackenzie, my little sister, are joining us. So this was a trip out to California that we did back in the middle of July and kind of the reason behind this trip was because Ben's youngest brother Kobe graduated from high school this year and with that uh, we asked him what you know what kind of crazy adventure would you like to do and he answered he would like to climb Half Dome so we decided we'd make that happen and uh, got got the family all together. Now, unfortunately, the biggest bummer, the only way that this trip could have been better was um, Ben's brother, Michael, and his wife, Savannah, were not able to join on the trip just due to some conflict uh, in the schedules. And we'll kind of talk about that later because the permit system for this hike is really hard to get into. And so you kind of just have to take whatever they give you and unfortunately, that meant that they weren't able to join us on this adventure. So just some quick stats and background about our hike. Um, there's two major routes that you can take to get up to the top of Half Dome that start in the valley. Uh, the first is the John Muir Trail. That one is about a 16 mile hike. And the other option is via the Mist Trail. Um, that's about a 14 mile hike. So that's the hike that we did. Um, the max height that we reached was 8,839 feet. Um, so that the elevation gain we had totally was 4,800 feet. So a pretty big elevation change. Um, it took us 14 hours to complete. We started at five in the morning when it was still dark with headlamps and finished at seven at night. Um, it can be done under 10 hours if you're fast enough. We just had a little slower pace and we'll explain that too um, in the rest of the podcast. Um, so all in all, it was an incredible trip and, um, there's a lot of laughter, a lot of fun that you're about to hear. So let's start this thing off. Let's, let's go back to the very beginning. What allowed us to start this hike in the first place? Yeah. So let's turn the mic over to Eli first. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about the permit system. So yeah, they give out so many, uh, permits using uh, pre-lottery. Um, and so it was like $10 to enter the lottery. Um, and we did multiple like applications uh, using different permit holders and alternative holders between all of us guys. Um, and so I think it was about a month uh, like wait period or wait time until like they did the lottery and we found out, correct? Yeah, there's a certain like you have to do it 
six months before. Yeah, it was in like March. I think we found yeah. out in April. Yep. Um, and fun fact, we also applied for Mount Whitney mm. to climb Mount Whitney. Mm-hmm. Um, and that came back first and we got denied Negative. there. Rejected. <laughs> and so that was kind of devastating. Um, and then because we thought that was going to be the easier one to get. And then time goes by and uh, the day comes that we the give us the we results got the back. email we and got I, the email and i woke up and my email said it just said congratulations and it was like the national park system and so i was like sweet <laughs> and so like uh it was i don't know it's probably around like eight or ten o'clock and so i like contacted ben and kobe and kind of just played it off and i was like did you guys like did, yeah. did you end up getting it and neither of us got it and so she's like super negative and then i was like don't worry though, guys. I got it. We're hiking half dome. We're hiking half dome. So then after that, I think it was uh, I want to say it was like another ten dollars per person on the permit. So it was like fifty dollars total because we had five hikers, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 It wasn't bad. So all in all, it's like sixty dollars to climb half dome with five people. So and isn't there like a very low percentage oh yeah i forgot to say that yeah so we were really like not thinking that highly like 10 percent of people will actually get a permit um out of those who apply and i know we were talking earlier about we went on a mission trip down in mexico um in which part of the team that we were down there with was from california and about like an hour away from half dome right yeah. They lived up in the Bay Area. Right, in the Bay Area. And you were talking to one of the guys, and he said he had applied for like five years and hadn't gotten it. Yeah, it's like a really sought after. People try to get this permit all the time. And so to get a permit with five places on it is just Crazy. incredible. Yeah, and so I guess I didn't say before, but like in order to like maximize our potential of getting a spot, we put in, what was it? It was like July... Pretty much all summer. Yeah, pretty much all summer, you know, saying, you know, we said just whoever can come can come. Um, Unfortunately, Michael, uh, our other brother, wasn't able to come just because of work. But we had to apply that way just to give us the best chance of getting a permit. So So there's a tip for you. Be flexible. Yeah, Yeah, super flexible. So we got the permits. We got out there. Mom, maybe you could tell us just a little bit of the logistics of where we started from, what the morning looked like. Sure. So we stayed at a hotel in El Pardo and uh, all, yeah, all seven of us, eight of us in the one room hotel. It was yeah, great. Yeah, that, that was an experience. <laughs> With the Murphy bed. It was good. But um, yeah, so we, the guys and Mackenzie... We packed the gear the night before, made sure we had a lot of tuna packets, um, trail mix, water bottles working, and uh, went to bed early. Mom was all about the snacks. Oh. She had the, <laughs> the grocery list was perfect. She had every snack we needed. Oh, that's right, you know, in case you get stuck up there. So, yeah, I went to bed early that night, and we were up by 3.30 in the morning the next day, getting ready to go out the door by 4.10. Yeah, we try to get out the door by four, but, you know, knowing our tribe, it takes a little longer, and there's just one minute, one minute. <laughs> just yeah. a couple minutes adding up. Yeah, just a few. So, yeah, then we headed out and got a great parking spot. Yeah, we that would be a great idea to talk. So we parked in the Yosemite Valley Trailhead Parking. 
and this fills up extremely fast. Um, if you if that's full, you have to park at the Curry Village and walk even further on this already far hike. So yeah, we got some great parking. Yeah, so it was a great spot. Everybody got out, got their their headlamps on because it was dark. It was pitch dark out? Is that the right way? Yeah. Yeah, pitch you dark. felt so official. <laughs> pitch black, it was <laughs> so official. Yes. But there were, you know, there was a buzz in the parking lot as cars pulled in and hikers got out. Lots of excitement as people were getting their gear together. I, I got the privilege of having Canyon. Uh, I got to hold him as yeah. we set out on the hike. Put the front pack on. Yep. Molly was carrying the most precious gear. Yes, Our I little was. baby. <laughs> got to start him young, you know. So, yeah. So we, we head out on the trail with them and went up to... Almost the first waterfall before we decided it was time to stop, give Canyon breakfast, and uh, bid our hikers goodbye. Yeah, me and Molly, um, we're the crew team for this adventure. So, spoiler alert, Canyon did not make it I to know, the summit. I know. Uh, <laughs> I wish. Someday. Oh, yeah. but he was a little baby. Um, and so, me and... Molly were with them. It was probably the first mile. Yep. Yeah, about the first mile or so. Yeah, mile or so, maybe a little further than that. Um, but then I stopped to feed, and Molly got to go up and see the bottom of Vernal Falls, which yes. is the first waterfall that you hit on the hike. Um, Beautiful. Just just where the stairs started, and I have no idea. Was it over two hundred something stairs? Yeah, we lost track. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had a warning sign before you started on that. But yeah, that brings us to the the first site of water, the first waterfall. Um, that maybe it'd be a great time to ask about, talk about the water situation. Yeah, I know a great person to ask. <laughs> Kobe, you want to tell us more coming about, up next <laughs> about what the water situation entailed, how much we packed, how much you need, <laughs> maybe some hindsight moments. <laughs> so, Kobe, what in preparation for this hike? How much water did you guys pack with you? So we knew it was going to be a long hike. So we all got um, water bladder backpacks, right? Water, water bladder. bladder. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't feel right saying camelback because they weren't all camelbacks, you know? That's true. That's true. That's shout, name brand. So, shout out to our sponsor. We are not sponsored by camelback. <laughs> but if you want to. But if you want to, we're available. We'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so all of our, well, I shouldn't say all of ours, but... Some of our backpacks held different amounts of water. Like mine was two and a half liters. Eli's was three liters. Um, so they were different, but they were close. And we thought, oh, that should last us, you know, at least at least half the hike, you know. And then we can refill once we get up to the stream. But by two miles in, we had already drank in all of our water. <laughs> well, we is a loose statement. <laughs> yeah. I should say me. I did. <laughs> I was drinking a lot of water, trying to stay hydrated. Always a good idea. Yep. But then we got up to the, uh, no, above the second waterfall, which is where we could finally fill up our backpacks with more water, which was how many miles up? Two? Two. Three? Uh, uh, in between two and three. In between two and three. So we refilled our backpacks there. And at that moment, I realized I might not have enough water for this because <laughs> I didn't pack any extra water bottles. And that stream was the last spot you could fill up your backpack with water. So we filled it all the way up and we kept going. But about a mile from the top... I realized I had drank in another full water bladder of, <laughs> oh of water. So I was out of water now. And he hadn't gone to the bathroom yet. Yeah, where yep. were you hiding all that water? It was, I don't know. I was just using it all up on the hike. 
<laughs> but so at this point, I still had one or two miles left to go to the top, and then I had to go another four back down to the stream after we do reach the summit. So I was like, oh, I'm in for a long stretch here without water. So I was just hoping I was going to, you know, get, go without a headache or something like that. And luckily, um, some of the other people on the hike with, that had a little bit larger water bladder had a little bit water left that I could kind of use some of theirs. Um, but after we reached the summit and then we were on the way down, we'd only got about a mile down from the summit and we were all out of water. So then we were literally all going without water for another three miles until we got back to the stream. So in hindsight, if you're going to do this hike, get a backpack with a bladder of at least three liters or larger because yeah. that will last you. If you're Kobe, maybe a six liter, <laughs> then you'll probably have to fill liter. it up two times. Yeah, if you're me and you want to drink a lot and you get headaches if you don't drink a lot of water, then yeah, get a bigger bladder. But So one of the, the big things that helped us is I had a like a water filter pump. And so we, we filled up all of our bladders at the top of Nevada Falls. I, if we went to had that, we went to made it. <laughs> yeah, we would have been screwed. Because the only place with a faucet that you could fill up your backpacks with water was like, maybe a mile up yep that was oh canyon it's not happy <laughs> that was right where we left mom and Teresa and canyon at that point yep right before the stairs so there's no way you could have went without that water filtration system you yeah. needed that thing because then you would have been going oh, 10 plus miles without water ish you know so yeah you need and that water filter. They do have pills that you can put in, and it like is supposed to clean the water, but it's not as good. So, and some people just drink the water right from the stream, but you're risking it, risking it for the biscuit. So diarrhea, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah, you don't want there. that to hit you when you're at the top. Oh. Uh, <laughs> there's no place to hide, no trees to hide behind once you get to the top. Of and that you thing. gotta pack it all out. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough talk about diarrhea. <laughs> maybe we'll transition here. Um, Scott, maybe you can tell us a little bit about gear that you guys brought with. Uh, maybe gear that you wish you had or gear that maybe you brought that you didn't need. Maybe walking sticks. I don't know. You Whatever, whatever <laughs> pops into your mind. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, for sure. First thing that I think is important anytime you're outside mountain areas uh, and doing something that uh, requires athletic activity layering right mm -hmm. layering is always mm -hmm. important because so you're changing elevations you're changing temperatures you start out really early in the day so it's a little chillier a little cooler then it gets hot depends on the time of day but layering is important light layers that you can change in and out Okay, and Kobe already talked about the water backpacks. I think that's very important. You have to have water, of course. And it's important that you have the type, uh, have the water stored in a backpack because you need your hands free. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Need your hands free for balance, being able to grab onto the rocks or things. And you might need a walking stick. <laughs> <laughs> you, I wish we could just explain over the air how great my dad's walking stick was, but... We'll let him kind of explain the intricate details. of Yes, so it's important to have a walking stick. Um, and I noticed there was a lot of other hikers on the on the hike that were maybe more experienced than me. Yeah. And they purchased walking sticks that were well, so professional they, they walking sticks. They purchased them. Yes, I believe they purchased them, and they were lightweight. 
Expandable. They had rubber ends, oh, tips on them, so a good nice. handle, and a strap yes. so you wouldn't lose it. Not as nice as um, what you had, though. <laughs> no. So I started with a branch that I found, and it was a little thick. And I noticed after a short while that it was heavy. So then I found a lighter stick. You could just... I think we changed three different sticks. <laughs> oh, you had a choice. I mean, you weren't stuck to this plastic Yes. Know, piece I, of junk. I was trying to help Kobe out, too. He had a bad knee. And oh. that's important. I think that's, if you have a bad knee, some people may be going on a hike that they have a bad knee, a bad ankle. Yep. That stick is helpful uh, if you have. Save your life. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so also, another thing I noticed about wooden sticks when you use the branches, if you didn't purchase the. Yeah, yeah. That Ahead of time. There might be a little sticker, a little branch that came off that's uncomfortable on your hand as you're going. <laughs> and you can do things. Because there are stones everywhere, you just grind that little nub off the stick with a with a stone, and it's a nu- much more comfortable. And there comfortable. was time for this on the hike. Like you spent time. Well, you have to your get behind the grapple the group a little bit, and sure. you know, and then grind it on the rock, and then <laughs> run ahead. Yes, it works. Eli actually got this on video. If you go and find his video that he posted this, it's. At Eli Liebelt, YouTube.com. Oh, <laughs> you can hear the stick pounding and scraping on the rock. <laughs> so priceless. Oh. But very important. And that stick was so comfortable after you were done doing the grinding and the hitting. So comfortable. Because you, you can, if you need a stick a little bit shorter, you can just hit it on the edge of a sharp rock and break off like two, three inches. It, it's perfect. Can't do that to one of those walking poles. No, no. <laughs> While you're on the topic of sticks, you should say the part where he walked into someone with oh, the yeah, stick. Oh yeah, I was, that's, yeah, I was that part's prime. <laughs> he got multiple compliments on his <laughs> stick. He got to one point where he didn't need it, but he didn't want to set it down and lose it. So he attached it to his backpack. <laughs> so if we're not up and down, it was sideways. <laughs> and so it was almost hitting the other hikers that were coming. <laughs> Wide load. (laughs) Uh, There was one person that walked by and said, "Ooh, that's a nice stick you got there." (laughs) And and it was a nice stick. Very green, very eco-friendly, good for the environment. Yeah, you can custom make it. I mean, you can't do that with those Walmart sticks. No, this was nature. So if you do go on this hike somewhere near that first waterfall. (laughs) Look on the side of the trail. You'll be able to find one of the sticks that best, left. Best walking sticks on the whole hike. In, right before Vernal Falls. Scott Lee Belt guaranteed. 10 out of 10. So now getting back a little bit more serious. I did forget to mention the beginning of the hike. We started very dark. Mm-hmm. And headlamps are nice. Yeah. yeah. Headlamp is a good thing to have. You maybe don't only have to have everybody in the group have one. But it's nice to have at least one person. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um... And then the last thing that's also very important is shoes. Oh, yeah. Yes. We actually maybe could have Mackenzie come on for this as well and <laughs> talk a little bit about her. We, we gave him the nickname Slippers. Mackenzie, why don't you? Stumbly Joe. <laughs> Mackenzie, what, what were you wearing on your feet? So I was wearing tennis shoes that didn't have tread. So they were in reality slippers. <laughs> Quite literally. Did... um. Didn't really grab onto the granite that much. No. (laughs) So they slipped a little bit. (laughs) You don't want to call out the brand that made those shoes, though. You're playing it safe. Well, she's sponsored. On the air. Yeah, she's sponsored by Nike, so we can't mention Nike. (laughs) (laughs) 
great shoes for the sport, just not the sport of hiking. Not hiking or no. rock climbing. No. <laughs> oh, one more question for you, Scott. So, so when I know before this trip, you were talking about getting like clip-in gear for the cables specifically. After doing it, would you want clipping gear or not? Like a harness and a clip. <laughs> yes, that that's a very good question. I um, did not have the same reaction as everybody when we got the email that said we have the permits. <laughs> there was a little bit more fear on my part than so it's okay if any die. of you have fear. Um, and I wanted to clip in, but we did a lot of research and. A lot of investigation. We thought it, it'll be okay. No need. No um, need. <laughs> I, I don't think you would really need to clip in, but if you have other family members with you that you're watching climb, you might want to have them have mm, the car- yes. clip in. Yes. I came up with the bright idea that all five of us hikers should be clipped together because the chances are that if one of us slipped, the other four would be able to hold on, but oh, that idea was shut down. That sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing that is important is gloves. So the last vertical distance of the climb and the hike, it's not really a hike at the end there. That's really a climb. (laughs) And they have the two cables, steel cables on either side of you, and being able to grip on there is very important to have gloves. Uh, Something that's tight-fitting, has some good grip onto it. Yeah, you guys got rubber gloves, right? We got knit gloves. gloves. Yeah, they're like gardening gloves, more like work gloves, but they were knit, so they were stretchy, kind of tight on your hand, but then they had a rubber surface. And those work good. Yeah, those worked good. Sweet, yeah. The shoes, the slipper shoes did not work. We need, (laughs) I think we would have purchased some good hiking shoes, REI hiking shoes or something. Shoes and gloves. That's all you need. Yep. And Everything in between <laughs> doesn't matter. But. And, and walking sticks, if you. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. If you so don't want to do the modification of sticks in the field. So, we can tell from my dad's talk how serious and intense this hike was. Maybe let's have Mackenzie back on. And Mackenzie, what would you say is the appropriate amount of training for this hike? What What did you do? Okay, so, I did like two short runs. And that was enough for me. Yeah, and how many <laughs> days before the hike were these runs? <laughs> um, they were like the week before. So okay. I don't think it really helped that much. But, I mean, I, I did. But it got you ready. I mean, you were prepared. Yeah. Yep. I was super prepared. Super prepared. But I don't think training is super necessary. But it definitely wouldn't hurt to do training. Um, I think if you were going to train, I would say definitely do some endurance stuff for the elevation. But also work on your arms because yeah. going up the cables, it was like all arms. So it wasn't necessarily like you were working your legs that much. Right, like just going and do the stairs a bunch. Yeah, it was more yeah. so arm <laughs> muscles at the end. Yeah, That's the cables, really it was you. all your arms. But legs for the hiking portion. So that two-mile run probably didn't do much for your arm strength, huh? No, not no. really. <laughs> maybe some push-ups next time? Or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe you could just give our listeners a little context of like how old you are. and You sound like you're pretty, pretty fit, pretty athletically trained. Huh? <laughs> give us some context. So I am 15 years old, and 
I wouldn't say I'm super fit, but I am fit. Yeah, you're in sports. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you stay yeah. fit. I play three sports, so that definitely helps. Do you feel like, um, what is like an age appropriate, no, what, um, what's an appropriate age for this hike? Would you say that you were on the younger end, or do you think kids younger than you could do this? Um, I think kids a little younger than me could do it, but not, like, super young. Yeah. You would have to be old enough to reach the cables. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You also, I mean, it depends how tall you are for that part. I'm shorter, so that was a little harder for me. Yeah, harder to get your arms up there. Yeah. Well... Was the cables weren't above your head? No, no. Okay. <laughs> they were like at a little bit under shoulders for me, and I'm like five foot one. Okay, around there. Yes. So that so it was a good. You felt like you were in a good enough range, though. Like yeah. It wasn't too strenuous. It wasn't too long for a fifteen no. year old to do. No. Good. So there's some hope out there. All right. So now we're just gonna kind of open it up to the whole group. Uh, talk about different aspects of the hike, uh, different positive moments, different maybe negative moments, Ben. Yeah, let's start at like the pinnacle moment, in, at least in my opinion. So we got to the top of Subdome, and it's your first view of the cables. Just quick rapid fire, like what's the first thing that goes through your mind? Like you got 10 seconds to answer. I'm terrified. <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah, it was a let's do this, but like coming up to it, kind of gave you that same feel as like a 10 year old when you see a roller coaster for the first time. Like it kind of felt like that amusement park. You're like, wow, that's real, you know? It's a little slanted to the side, which I didn't expect. That was a interesting development. I was expecting it to be, you know, straight and it was tilted to the side. Well, according to Karen from Google, we were expecting pretty much a staircase. Yeah, Scout, how did did you feel like it was just like walking upstairs? No, it was not at all like walking upstairs. Um, it was doable. You grab the cables and they have these little strips of wood that you can rest your feet on, but you definitely needed grip on the cable. But the the stairs comment was kind of an inside joke the whole time because Teresa was trying to find ways to encourage my dad that you're not going to die and it's going to be okay. And it's just like walking upstairs. <laughs> that was a Google comment that I saw, okay? It wasn't, I've never done the hike. <laughs> but uh, it turns out it's false. It's not like walking upstairs. So would you guys say that was the scariest moment of the entire hike? Or was there a scarier moment than standing on the top of Subdome? I think the scariest moment of the hike for me was when we started the cables and I saw Mackenzie start to slide <laughs> down. <in> the slippers. <laughs> And I was like, she still has to come down. Like this, is, we're not even t- because we just started the cables, and it kind of like gradually gets steeper. And we were just on the beginning part, and she was already starting to slide a little bit. It's like, oh no. So was it scarier going up the cables or down the cables? I think it was scarier going down at first because it just seemed like you could just slip backwards. Yep, and then you're done. Yep. <laughs> We would have caught her. We had a we had a system all set in place. We had two two strong young men go ahead. That way, if they did slide down, we'd be there standing, stopping it. Ain't that right, Colby? Yeah, but I I thought it was more difficult going up. Oh, yeah. Because your arms 
you know, by the time you got to the top, your arms were getting very tired and you needed that grip strength to hold on and get you to the top. And you just didn't want your arms to wear out. But going down, I could lean a lot more yeah. and just use my body weight leaning out. So it wasn't as hard on my arms. I feel like going up too, we were also battling the heat in the addition of not having a lot of water because you're really exposed on that rock. And so you've got the heat and then there were like lines of people that got bunched up. And that was probably the scariest and hardest part for me because you had to wait for someone to pass you or for the next person to move up to the next. Yeah, that was for sure the worst part because that made it so much more challenging because like if you weren't at like one of those two by fours you were just holding on pure you know like arm strength and it was like you were waiting on these people i don't know if they got scared i don't know what happened but it just seemed like there was a big like jumble of people up towards the top where it got really steep and we were just waiting there for forever because you're using the same path right to go up the cables and down the cables yeah yeah and the distance between them is not more than two feet three feet wide i think okay yeah that's super super sketchy so let's talk a little bit about what you guys did at the top um how long did it take you what time of day was it when you actually got to the top and what did you do once you were up there so we got to the top around it was just before 12 so it was like 11 50 11 45 and we were really happy that we made it there before 12 because that was our goal was mm. to get up there before noon um, to have a little lunch up there. Anyone else want to Dad, did in? you feel like your fear went away once we got off the cables? <laughs> no, actually at the t- top end of the cables, I really felt like the cables should go a little bit further <laughs> because it was still fairly <laughs> steep. Um, one side of the dome is okay, but as we all know, it's called half dome. That's yep. because there's a vertical wall on one side. <laughs> so there's an edge that everybody, of course, wants to go near the edge How to see over the edge. How can you get to the edge? Can you go all the way? Yes, you could. Right. You did, could base jump right off the top if you want. Did you go all the way to the edge? Um, I might have gotten close to the edge on my belly. Oh, okay. Crawl. Crawled out there, that. yes. I think my favorite moment on the top is there's an iconic spot where the rocks kind of go out. And you can step out on that and get a picture with the valley in the background. And I think Eli and Kobe kind of asked, "Hey, Dad, we're gonna we're gonna go out there, right?" And my dad's like, "Oh, okay, no, well, I just don't want to watch, all right." And so Eli goes, "All right, well, can you just take our picture?" <laughs> <laughs> what? It's like we needed someone to take the picture that was skilled around yeah. here. <laughs> you don't have to look, but just point the camera and shoot. Just that's all you gotta do. <laughs> But then I did end up going to that same spot and had my picture taken he as did. well. He did. Face so. the fears. <laughs> Face yeah, the and fears. It's just, it was a really cool spot because it looks like nothing is beneath you except for the 4,000 feet drop, but there's no rocks underneath you. Ooh. Yeah. You just want to make sure you want to make sure you had enough water getting up to that point. That way you don't get dehydrated and loopy. You got to make sure you're honest with yourself about how stable you are. Yep. Yeah, especially if it's like high noon and the sun is beating down. Yeah. Was it... <clears throat> really hot out that day not really no we all thought it was gonna get super hot because the day before where the hotel wasn't in the valley floor it got to like 89 90 100 degrees you know so it was super super hot Um, but then once we got into the park and started the day you know it's cool out when you start the day and then once you gain the elevation it's cooler too so i was actually able to stay in like a hiking long sleeve tee the whole day and i never got too hot but if i was in just like a regular cotton 
long sleeve, I would have been way too hot. So I do remember when we got to the top, there kind of was a little bit of a time crunch because the ranger that was checking our permits at the base of Subdome said that there's a, a, a thunderstorm that could roll in anytime between one and three. You know, it's going to come from this direction. Just watch for the clouds. And the clouds were building. So we kind of wanted to make sure that we got off there in adequate time that we didn't get struck by lightning. Interesting fact, though, we learned from the ranger that they do not stop anyone from going up as long as you have a permit. It's your choice. You're in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. So that was, I guess, I don't know, kind of nice to know. Like, I don't think you'd want to go up there when there's thunder and lightning rolling through. But just the fact that I think that was one thing we were worried about, like going into it was like you get one shot at this one day. Hopefully you get good weather, you know. Yeah. It's not that just one ranger can be, I don't know, a jerk and just say, well, the weather's inclement. You guys can't climb today. That's nice to know that they can't, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. But he but was a really nice guy. But also you don't want to die. Yeah. So you have to True. be. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And the next day, we were we stayed in the valley and there was a massive thunderstorm. And you could hear, you could hear the thunder, see the lightning right above where we were standing the day before. So I'm glad that we didn't hike on that day. Be very careful when you're at the top. Surprisingly, there are some critters up there. And if you set your lunch down or your little snacks and you go to try to take a picture of something, that squirrel moves right in and starts chewing on your nut bag or things. Yep, I lost some delicate treats up there. (laughs) It's okay. So what would you guys say was your favorite view on the entire hike? Favorite vista. I think I would say my favorite view was probably the view from going up and down the cables because mm. you looked out and you saw like the mountains out there, which was really pretty just to see all of them. Yeah, and even just it like it felt kind of like a roller coaster, like you couldn't see the bottom of the cables from the top. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, because the cables really did slope, so you couldn't really see where you were supposed to be going at the bottom, which was... I would say I love the view at the top that was great another interesting view during the hike though is in I think it's Little Yosemite in the flat area after the falls you can look through the woods and see the profile outline of the sub dome and half dome yeah and to think uh, especially when you're on the way back you know where you climbed uh, and just seeing the angle of it and how steep it was was it's just a really cool view and it really brings into perspective what you just did yeah i wish we could have had your reaction when you initially saw that of like what i'm gonna go on top of there yeah yeah it was crazy i really enjoyed um the waterfalls Mm. as the hike went literally um right up the stream from waterfall to waterfall yeah it's called the mist trail yeah, so you're walking right at the base of the waterfall, and then you start these stairs that go right up next to it. Um, and so that was pretty cool, and especially later in the day when we were coming down to kind of see how the sun was hitting it and that stuff was really cool. But, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed the view from the cables as well, but I think it was the view from the top of Subdome yeah. was just was as good. Um, of course, you didn't see like the other way back towards the valley, um, but I don't know what direction you're... You face uh, the back country of Cloud's Rest. Okay. And because that is 
I don't, oh. in my opinion, way more scenic. And it was kind of cool from Subdome because that stuff looked a little, I don't know, bigger in perspective or closer mm-hmm. because, you know, you're more at level with it instead of on top of the world type of view and feeling. So the picture actually turned out cooler on Subdome yep. than on top of uh, Half Dome. So that was kind of yeah, I would I agree. Yeah. That was there there wasn't a bad view on yeah, the on absolutely. the So mom, what was going through your head? How did you feel knowing that your kids, your little baby was going to be climbing to the top of Half Dome? Like what was going through your mind? To be honest, I was really excited for her. I was pumped that she was going to get the opportunity to do something so cool. Um I knew that uh, dad was up there making sure that everybody behaved somewhat as they were hiking or whatnot, getting too close to the edge, but pretty much just really excited for That's Mackenzie. Good. So not a lot of fear. You felt good. No, no. I, I actually got introduced to the mountains when I was Mackenzie's age going hiking and whatnot, so I thought it was pretty cool. Sweet. So Kobe, I'm just realizing we never talked about what situation you had going on and maybe this is why you were drinking all that water but what was going on with your knee um yeah so the week prior um i was nominated to take part in the um wisconsin all-star football game for high school and so i was at practice all week for that monday through or tuesday through friday i should say and then on friday we had the game which was south against the north and i was in the south and yeah, I don't want to brag or anything, but we, we took it to the north that, that night. Dub. 35 to 16. Um, but in the third quarter, um, I ended up getting an injury um, that put me out for the rest of the game. And at first, I just thought it was, you know, a quad bruise or whatever. It'll go away, and I'll wake up tomorrow morning, and I'll feel fine. Um, but as the night went on, I quickly realized it was more than that, and I woke up the next morning, and it was more stiff than I could imagine. And so... You know, we're still planning to go out to California, so we get on the plane, and we're as we're transferring from one plane to the next in the airport. I mean, I could barely, I could barely stand up and walk. It was so stiff, and I was really limping and really moving slow. So I was thinking, there is no way I'm going to be able to do this hike um, tomorrow, which it was Saturday, so then it was going to be Sunday in our hike. Um, but we got to the when we got to the hotel that night, I was thinking, I still don't know what's up in the air. Um, we all prayed. Um, Everybody prayed over it, and I woke up the next morning, and it still wasn't feeling great, feeling a little bit more loose, but I was like, you know what, I'll give it a try, Um, and so as the hike went on, I was kind of gimping from one step to the next, always pushing up or taking each step one step at a time, Um, and so we got up to the top, Uh, the Lord blessed me and loosened it up. That was, Stepping from one step to the other. That's where the walking stick that I made was, for him helped. I was just yeah. going to say, that's the real reason for the walking stick. <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't push up on my left leg. I could only push up with my right, so that's what I mean by that. Um, it was bad. But what really made it tough is coming down. Yeah. Going up, it was okay. I wasn't really hindered by speed or anything, but coming down, that's a lot harder on the leg. And so I definitely took longer coming down than I did going up, which everybody thinks you come you come down faster. It's all dependent upon how your legs are feeling. Um, but to be honest, everybody was feeling that way. Yeah, wouldn't you guys agree that going down, we were all pretty pretty exhausted? Yeah. Yeah, going down was not so fun on the knees. Yeah, so like even by the way end of it, um, the first and last mile of the trail is kind of this um, concrete path. 
And we thought, okay, once we get to that, it'll be easy. We can just, you know, kind of glide down. But that was actually, in my opinion, one of the hardest parts of the hike because every step hurt like crazy on your quads and on your knees. And so we were just trying to find any way possible to make it easier on ourselves. So at one point or several points, we turned around and started walking backwards because that was easier on the knees. And I mean, we looked like idiots, but I mean, that's how much our knees hurt at the end of the day. So yeah, man, what a trooper. It was very impressive to see how everyone did that hike. And well, there you have it. Our half dome experience. And always remember, bring your permit, bring a walking stick, unless you want to make one on the trail. And don't forget your tuna packet. Pack a big water bladder. (laughs) uh bring good walking shoes hiking shoes (laughs) no the same way i'm gonna lower hiking and keep on hiking